football season is here, and that leads to a lot of celebrating and, and partying. And yeah, it's game day. Time to get crunk. When you do that, be safe. Don't drive. But if you make a mistake or a loved one makes a mistake and you need to have legal representation, don't say guilty. Say Garza. Marcos Garza and his team are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense, criminal defense, and personal injury lawyers. They'll try to get you the best result possible in your case because, let's face it, that's what you're going to want. You're going to want somebody who's got your back. Marcos has your back. Before you say guilty, say Garza. You can contact them 24-7, 365 at GarzaLaw.com or through the phone at 865-540-8300. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch. It is officially game week. We have arrived. Seth joins me down in Alabama. What is up, my good friend? Not much. Good to hear your voice. It's better to hear yours, especially on a Tennessee game week. I gotta be honest, not to pull back the curtain on the podcast audience too much, but the Discord Patreon audience may have already picked up on this, but I gotta be honest, Seth, it doesn't sound like your chili is that hot. You said, I quote, I'm not that excited for our game. I have such a low opinion of Virginia. I mean, truly such a low Low, low, low opinion of Virginia. After like what they returned last year and how poorly they performed and the fact that their best player transferred. They built their offense through the transfer portal, it sounds like, and I'm not sure really any of them were that. It's not like they were getting high. It's not like they were getting big-time transfers. You know, It's not like they were getting John Campbells. I'm not sure Tony Elliott's that good an offensive mind. Well, it's one thing to be a good offensive mind. It's another thing to be a good offensive mind when you have a bunch of five stars and four stars at Clemson. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And, you know, I am I am excited to watch Joe Milton run the offense. Just to finally see. I'm just ready to see. I'm ready to see. Like, we've been talking about it for nine months or whatever. We've been ta- or we've been talking about it since Hendon Hooker tore his ACL. I'm ready to see. Josh, on the other hand, ran some offense with Missouri and Oklahoma. You know, he's got talent, Missouri, UCF. And then then you get to see him take his offense and then put SEC, high SEC level players in there. And his offense looks just as good, if not better than ever. Whereas Tony, yeah, went from doing it pretty much only with Clemson, right? Like, it's not like he had had any other. Yeah, he he came up through Clemson, yeah. Like, they all do. I mean, he was promoted from within, like everyone is there. It's not like he cut his teeth proving he could do it at different levels. He's always had a talent advantage at Clemson, and now he no longer has that talent advantage. So we don't even know if he's that good on offense. I will say my entire thoughts on the game on Saturday come down to whether or not we can be up by seven points after the first quarter. Okay. Okay. If Josh Heupel is for real and Joe Milton is for real – they will be beating Virginia by at least seven points after the first quarter. That seems That's fair. all I need to know. Can you coach the boys up this offseason, Josh? Can you hit the ground running like a bat out of hell and go fast and score and get stops and score some more? Let's make a statement that Tennessee is back and make sure we're up by at least seven points. Six and a half to be exactly, but let's get to seven, of course, by the end of the first quarter. 
Okay. A man, a man has to standard. have a code. A man has to have a code. That's the standard. Can you be better than Virginia by at least a touchdown? A Virginia team that went three and seven last year. Versus the Tennessee team that went eleven and two. That should be. I mean, do you do you agree that Tennessee should be looking to make kind of a statement this game, or do you think it doesn't matter? Just go out and get a win, play well, but you know it's not that big of a game no matter what. Me personally, I I think that Tennessee was. It wasn't. I don't think Tennessee's underranked. I don't want to think they're underranked. They're actually maybe I would say ranked a little higher than I thought they would be, but I feel like they've been under discussed, and I am just tired of the, the hearing about other teams. So I kind of want them to just go and just drill. I just want them to just really just crush, crush Virginia. You know, I want people to be talking about Tennessee after as much as they can for good reasons. I mean, I. I'm not sure if you if you beat Virginia 45 to 10, are people going to be talking about Tennessee? Maybe not, but I do want to go out there and you know crush Virginia. I'm just tired of I'm tired of hearing other teams get talked about that. I don't think I think it's kind of does LSU deserve to be talked about as much as they have been? Maybe, maybe, but I feel like Tennessee's kind of been under discussed after the year they had it seemed like we were headed for an off season of joe it does seem like in the summer he was the star of college football to an extent like oh wow look at this freak but then when we actually got to talking about the teams it's like they quit talking about joe they quit talking about tennessee they wanted to praise him and his rocket arm and his beautiful new smile but then yeah when it came time for the actual like ap poll to come out we're starting talking about teams I mean, Kentucky seems to be getting more talk than us. Yeah, I think so. I thought in the spring, I was terrified that by the time we got to where we're at today, the hype train was going to be so far out of control that, like, Joe wasn't going to stand a chance. Right. But it didn't. Thankfully, it didn't. Um, I wonder if part of it is because they don't really know who to talk about on Tennessee. Other than well, Joe. that's what I said last week. Yeah. We were talking about like the, the the wide receivers and the All American All Conference teams. Like I think that's part of it. LSU, of course, has Daniels coming back. Tennessee doesn't have that. It, it's it is weird to me though that like none of Tennessee's defensive players, like neither Beasley nor Thomas, really got any love on the preseason teams, which surprised me. Like Aaron Beasley, Aaron Beasley was awesome, awesome against Clemson. You know, he he. We played on national TV on a broadcast network however many times, and two of those times, Pittsburgh and Clemson, Aaron Beasley stole the show. I, I just was kind of surprised, like, after all those sacks Beasley had against Clemson, he didn't get any love. I think So I think part of it is that they just don't know who to talk about. But I I just feel like Tennessee has been a little under-discussed this offseason. I could see Tennessee being one of the stories on the bottom line on on Saturday. Like Joe Milton throws four touchdowns, Tennessee routes Virginia. Yeah. You say like, will will 45-10 turn heads? Probably not, but I do think if it's 45 with Joe Milton looking really good, then I think that becomes a story coming out of the weekend. Not not obviously the A story, because that's going to be whoever wins the the LSU-Florida State. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it depends on what else goes on, yeah. I think if Joe Milton looks amazing, yeah. Um, but I don't really know how to articulate it or say it better, say it more eloquent, eloquently than just I feel like Tennessee has been somewhat under-discussed. And like, it's like I said, I don't really think that like, it's not that LSU's been undeserving of the talk they've they've gotten, but LSU went, LSU went 9-4 and four last year, right? They lost to Texas A&M. L- LSU, like... I think I think they still did. They just go still go ten and three though, because I thought they had two losses and people were trying to meme them into being in the playoffs. Well, they had they had three. And then they, they lost have, to A and M. I thought didn't they have three regular? They went nine and three, I guess, and then they went nine and four, so ten and four. They won their bowl game though, didn't they? they yeah, beat so ten the hell and, out of Purdue. They went ten and four, right? Oh, I'm forgetting the SEC championship. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. No, sorry. no. I just are we really sure they're like. 
I mean, like, you have to say that Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in the SEC, just as of right now. I'm not saying it will be in two weeks. I'm saying going into the season. So that's going to. I disagree. Him. I don't. I don't think you have to I understand what you're saying, but I, I don't think he's the best quarterback in the country. And I, I, I don't think he think will be at the end of the KG, conference. I think you could say KJ Jefferson is better than him. Ugh. Ugh. Gross. And I don't like KJ Jefferson. But I'm just saying Ugh. a lot of the quarterback lists I've seen him be number one. I would. I would ride with with Jaden Daniels over, and I cannot stand to watch KJ Jefferson throw the football. Um. But that being said, it's obviously bad quarterback class right now. So. I just I'm kind of surprised at how much I shouldn't be because they've won you know multiple national they've won national titles with three different coaches this century but including two morons yeah like I guess I am just a little surprised that as much run and they might deserve it I'm I just they did go ten and four last year like you said they lost to a and M I guess I'm just kind of surprised by it, it might be one hundred percent deserved you know. In a game they needed to win, too. They lost to AM in a game they needed to win. He threw the ball 35 times for 189 yards. Playoff implications were on the line. I mean... Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I do think they're going to kill Florida State, though, week one. Yeah, I, I really want Florida State to do very poorly this year. I, I don't the- know why that spread is two and a half. I mean, I guess it's closer than I'm thinking, but I'm feeling like... I, I won't say it's going to be as extreme as when... Tyron Matthew and Morris Claiborne beat the shit out of that Oregon team, but like it feels like it might go that way. Yeah, I want Florida State to do very, very badly this fall. I have found them as annoying as Oklahoma fans were after Lincoln Riley left this offseason about the realignment stuff. So it has nothing to do with Norvell or their team. You're just tired of their fans. Yeah, I, Norvell. I actually think Norvell seems pretty cool. I actually like him. I think their fans, their, their fans, their administration. I mean, you don't sell out. You don't sell out. Dope Campbell. They said they. They said they had the nerve to say they would be the third biggest brand in the SEC. Give me a break. Like they they put up all these inflated TV numbers. They have just a wildly, just just the way they've acted, the way they've comported themselves. You would think that it would be Clemson who is who 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 has been acting like this, because Clemson's the one that's been doing all the winning. Florida State hadn't won anything since 2013, 2014. 14, I guess, was their last conference title. In a bad conference, a bad conference. I just, you know, you're gonna say you're the third biggest brand. You don't sell out that stadium. It's, it's just they're annoying. They're going to get Morgan Stanley involved or J.P. Morgan, whichever one. Some gay hedge fund they're trying to get involved so they can raise the money to buy out of the grant of rights. Like, give me a break. Why don't you win the ACC? It's 2023. Win the ACC. Exactly, it is. And they haven't won anything since 2014. Win the ACC before you start getting Wall Street involved. I just, they, they annoy me to death. They haven't won anything. Clemson. Has kept their mouth shut. They haven't said anything. Florida State's one having just going on these these board meetings and the guys just going nuclear. You know they got their ex quarterback talking about getting Wall Street involved. So I want LSU. I want LSU to drink from their skull. I mean, you know, I'm going to be, for the first time in my adult life, chanting SEC, SEC, SEC Sunday night. Monday night, whenever they play. I don't even know when they play. It's Sunday night, right? Sunday night, yeah. Yeah, Monday night is Duke Clemson, yay. Yeah, I'm going to be chanting SEC, SEC, 6.30 Central. When I'm watching Clemson versus Duke, I will also be chanting SEC, SEC. Clemson at Duke, 7 o'clock. And then we get Murray State at Louisville. I mean, we just have, like, we have three straight college football nights of primetime ACC. Take me out back and blow my brains out. Duke. Duke. We got to watch Duke in primetime. That that Monday game used to mean at least a little bit. Well, why is Florida State and LSU not playing? something. Like... Well, they want it. They, obviously, Sunday is going to be a bigger night because people don't have to yeah, work on Monday. Yeah, yeah. 
But that, yeah. that Monday game didn't used to be a punt. It used to be at least somewhat something somewhat entertaining. I do like, I do like, I have to say, I do like the fact that it's a conference game. I like I like these guys playing conference games first week. I say it used to be like Vitek Miami or something at least semi-cool like that. Well, remember that Vandy and South Carolina used to open up on Thursday nights? Oh, so I, I like that. I like that. Uh, many might not have watched it, but Jacksonville State versus UTEP was a big Conference USA matchup last yeah, Saturday. Okay. I just I, I like conference I like conference matchups that first weekend. So good for Duke and Duke and Clemson. It's game week for Tennessee, Virginia, and you're here bitching about Florida State and and Duke Clemson. It, I've been waiting. I've been waiting to tee off all summer on Florida State. I just like my. I'm like a pot that's like getting near and near boiling. Like just think You're of me as a teacup. Yeah. You're the little teacup, short and stout. And I'm just like getting madder and madder and madder. Every time I hear Florida State open their mouth about the realignment. That could be our new Reed's Ranch shirt. Seth is a, as a teapot that's that's boiling. I just get madder. Like I Drew Weatherford, who wasn't a very good quarterback at Florida State, but he is a very handsome guy. Talking about going and getting J.P. Morgan or Chase, whoever, you know, they're going to start a partnership. Like, how ridiculous is that? You signed the contract. You signed the grant of rights. Nobody made you. And like you said a month ago or whatever, they signed the grant of rights, and then they bragged to everyone about how great a deal it was and rubbed it in SEC's faces. And then Sankey went out and just signed a better deal. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm really focused on the Virginia matchup. There's not much we can do against Virginia that's really going to matter. You know, outside of like, hey, no injuries. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I thought that was interesting about the depth chart was Cam Seldon's kick returner. That was it. That was the only thing I thought was interesting about the depth chart. If you like, had told me four months ago that Keaton wouldn't have had an or next to his name, I don't think I would have believed that. I kind of thought... Boy. I kind of thought Thornton was going to take one spot and that squirrel was Joe's boy, but I guess Keaton might be more of his boy. Well, I mean, every time Joe came in the game last year, he threw to Keaton, and Keaton went to New York with him. I will say, I will say, VolQuest continues to tease the idea of Dante going out wide, so we'll see what happens. I think you might be right. In the, I think, I think, I'm not that Keaton will lose his spot, but that Thornton will play some outside. Because they keep teasing that, because they keep saying we're going to play four wide receivers, which I personally will have to see to believe. I do think the wide receivers are too good not to do it, though. And I do think that I do think that this might be—I don't want to call it a make or break here because that's too dramatic. But like, I do feel like we might need to get more wide receivers involved, just if you're going to try to keep recruiting at a high level, and then also take one guy from the portal every year. Yeah, for sure. Because, like, Tennessee wants to be a destination for these wide receivers in the portal, right? These guys who have explosiveness and who might be either underutilized or wanting to make a big impact. And, like, if you're consistently only letting three people shine, that could be a little bit of a problem. Yeah, like, as much as they have raved about, um, like, Caleb Webb. Caleb Webb was, like, really, really, really highly rated. He was extremely highly. He was a two-star Committed to ECU when they started recruiting him and ended up being really, really, really highly rated. Like, they've raved about him all, all fall camp. They have talked about him. It seems like they're dying to let him play some. Well, then let him play. You know, or he's going to transfer. Let him play. Let Chaz Nimrod play some. Don't do that thing that you did, like, last year where it, we would have to be beating some team 60-0 to zero before you let other people play. agree i hated that last year like and i mean not that i really care that walker merrill transferred or whatever but you know just you know keaton would have never played if cedric tillman doesn't get injured which looking back on it, it's pretty crazy keaton had some keaton had some massive massive moments one of the most forgotten plays is his 18 yard catch after alabama missed their field goal I would say many people have now Mandela'd that into just being a missed field goal, and then Big Sad catches his pass across the middle to set up the field goal. Brew. Brew. Oh, yeah, sorry. I don't know who I said. Who did I say? Said? Yeah. Of course I meant Brew. Producer, cut that out. I don't want people to think I'm an idiot. 
that other that other play against Florida, I think it was Florida, where he like came caught the comeback. He he caught the com- on the comeback route, and then he like pivoted and turned upfield and like was running away from Florida defenders. And I was just like, "What has happened to my Ramel Keaton?" I mean, he had some, you know, the, the diving catch against Florida was an incredible catch. Him breaking the Clemson players' ankles in the ball game and then tweeting it out, tweeting the video out. I mean, that was the game winner. That was kind of the walk-off. They had cut it to seven. Thought they had a chance to get back in it, and then nope. No, they did not. The idea he doesn't play at all last year is kind of crazy. And then, yeah, he probably transfers somewhere. Yeah, play these other dudes, man. There seems to be enough to go around. But, like, yeah, like, if you're telling me, like, what storylines am I looking forward to the most outside of Joe Milton from game one, to me it's just seeing what wide receiver pops. Who has the big game? Who goes crazy? Is there one guy that establishes himself as kind of Joe's go-to guy? Who busts the big plays? Other than that, like, I think we're just going to kind of be in a wait-and-see approach. I think the defense is going to dominate Virginia. I think the running backs will play pretty well. I don't really worry about the offensive line against Virginia. I guess like they were, they, they have a pretty good defensive line. That's definitely their best. Yeah, but they're, they're, they are losing their all ACC pass rusher. He's not playing on Saturday, so that's a big loss for them. So like maybe there's something to be said about watching our offensive line, but really, is there really? I mean, is there really? Like, only bad things can come from that. Exactly. Like, if we get exactly. whipped by Virginia's offensive line, okay, that's a red flag. If we hold and do a solid job or dominate them, then no one's really going to care about it because, like, they'll be like, oh, their best player's out. Yeah. So, like, only bad can come from the offensive line stuff. True, really, only bad can come from Joe for, for the most part. It's not going to be too noteworthy unless he's just, like, you know, really, really, really sharp and looks like he's taking a leap. I expect him to play like a B-plus game. Now, for the national people, I think that good things can come from Joe if he just uncorks a 65-yarder on a rope. Yeah, like I said, he could, he could go and throw for four touchdowns and still not like look great, and the bottom line is still going to say Joe Milton throws for four touchdowns and leads Tennessee to a 45-10 to 10 victory. Yep. And the casuals and the national media will talk about him, but like locally we all kind of know that like as long as he doesn't like piss down his leg, or look like Patrick Mahomes, we're going to just keep waiting until Florida. At least that's how I feel. Let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Got some new patrons to shout out. New uh, $10 patron, Grayson Lane. Shout out Brother Grayson. We love and appreciate you. New $5 patron, Stephen Grant. Shout out to Brother Steve, a.k.a. Stephen. We love you and appreciate you. Uh, Doobie upped his pledge from 2 to $5. Shout out to Brother Doobie. We love you and appreciate you. New $5 patron, Will. Shout out to Brother William, a.k.a. Will. We love you and appreciate you. And new $2 patron, John. Shout out to Brother John. We love you and appreciate you. Last call for... Fantasy football. If you want a spot, go to the Patreon and sign up. There's like three spots left, and I'm about to open it up on Twitter, just for the record. It might be full by the time you hear this. All right, let's get some questions. Brother Big Chevy asks what we were just talking Big about. Chevy. I still have not listened to the Jack Jones rap. I don't think he's done a full song yet. I think he just released a snippet. Can any of the questions sum but not me, have about Joe Milton be answered Saturday or will ultimately just be up to how he does in the swamp? I mean, I think he can look better. I think, you know, if he uh, didn't stand like a statue in the pocket, that would be nice. Yeah, pocket presence is by far my biggest concern. Yeah, but outside of that, like, like unless he just looks terrible, then we're probably going to have questions until he does it on the road in the SEC against Florida. I don't think you'll know much about this team one way or the other until halftime of Florida. And even then, I don't know how much you're truly going to know. Well, that's why I said, like, the receivers to me, I think, matters because you could see, like, who's the go-to guy. Yeah. Or at least who's going to be the big play option. And that could change from game to game, of course. But, like, I am interested in seeing that. 
Yeah. Uh, an, 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 an underrated thing of our offense last year was just how the offense evolved over the course of the season. I feel like we went from at the beginning, Jalen Hyatt was catching short passes. I mean, he caught like a million passes for like 30 yards against Pittsburgh last year. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he had six for 60. He was catching just like three yard passes and getting seven yards up the field. Yeah. And then just the, the, you know, it just kind of it kept morphing the LSU game, the Florida game. We could not do, we could not kill clock at all. It was horrible. And then the LSU game, we're really doing it well. And then the Alabama game, Jalen Hyde is just catching bombs. And then Princeton Fant becomes the most explosive player in college football for a couple weeks. Brother Brizzy asks tracking information for my Choose Joy shirts. All right, jot this down. Nine five three four. Six one three two five nine one eight three two four one one eight one eight four zero. That's your tracking number. Do we have a provider? The post office. USPS. There you go. The USPS. Brother DF asks, "What would you each say to the brain dead morons picking Kentucky to beat us this year?" Give it up, is what I would say. Give it up. I would say that this year would hopefully end it, but it wouldn't. They'll do the same exact thing again next year, like they've done for seemingly all of time. I did see they have two offensive linemen out for the year, um, one of whom was an Ohio State transfer, but he was not slated to start, per the article I read. But they've had two offensive linemen go out for the year. Um, it's a reworked offensive line. I would say that, like, would you ever will you ever learn your lesson? But you're, they're not going to because they keep doing this every single year. It 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 beggars belief. I disagree. I think that after this year, Stoops goes back to Iowa. Okay. And I think that ends the contest. Okay, yeah, th- that would end it for the time being. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I said that no, no. He came that, to Knoxville. That, you know, this last year, I said that's the last time he'll ever come to Knoxville. And I see it getting ugly at Iowa this year and, you know, Kirk stepping down and them hiring Stoops. But maybe I'm wrong. I wonder if Brett Belima will try to get that job. You know, he has the Hawkeye tattoo. I did not know that. He does. He has a Hawkeye tattoo. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Brother CB back this week with a good question again. Thank God. What's y'all set up when there are multiple games of note on at the same time? Multiple screens, flip back and forth, lock into one game. I flip back and forth. I flip back and forth, and then if I'm... I flip back and forth, and I keep a game up on my laptop as well. I have done the laptop before. I have done the phone before. I'm more likely to watch one... DVR the other and try to like not look at the bottom line for score updates. Yep. Yep. I do on a game day more important for me than the flip. Like the most important thing for me on a game day is the laptop. If I'm not at the game is the laptop. The laptop is the laptop might as well be another appendage. It is. I keep what I will do is I will keep discord open all day, I will keep a tab open for every single Power 5 conference that I'm interested in. Typically, is the SEC, Big Ten, and ACC. I'll keep each one of those tabs open on ESPN.com so I can constantly look at scores whenever I need to. And then I will have a game up on ESPN on my laptop. So the laptop is really the most important thing for me. I'm pretty good just changing channels. Yes, and I'll also be changing channels as well. Um, I don't really... I mean, I'm probably not going to watch anything other than an SEC game at, at, in this hypothetical. Because I'm, I'm an SEC guy, SEC, SEC, SEC. But my laptop is very important. Oh, SEC Seth. That's right. teapot. Brother Big Orange Sloth asks... I don't know the... I do not know the, the backstory behind this question. For both, if you got asked by a flight attendant to come to the cockpit and help land the plane because both pilots are incapacitated, what would you do? Could you land the plane safely? This, The backstory on this is from our sheep game. 
it was asked, and the overwhelming majority said they could land a plane in an emergency with help from the air traffic control. Which I do kind of think we could. Do you think you could or no? I think I could do it. Yeah, I think I could turn on autopilot and talk to their traffic control. People. No, no. It's, okay, so well, so autopilot can. Yes, land I think as I, well. I, I, that that was my assumption. Maybe not. I don't know. He just said autopilot could do the whole thing. I think I could talk to the autopilot, the auto trap, the air traffic controller people, and land the plane. I think so too. So, what was the question? I don't remember what the question was. What would my pat? What would my route be? Or what was the question? Like, how do we do it? I don't remember. I don't know. I'm not an actual pilot. I don't know. I've never played sheep. Yeah, yeah, but it was like if you got uh, how could would we land do the it? plane safety? Yeah, yeah, we could land it, and what I would do is land the plane safely. Yeah, I'd say, ma'am, can you also get me one of those cups of ice and a nice cold Coca Cola? I always go ginger ale on a plane. I don't know why. I, like I mean, I like ginger ale. That's what I would do, and then I would I would, end, I would fly the plane, land it, and everyone would be like, oh my god, he did it. And then I would call Denzel Washington, I'd say, so I guess you're not the only famous pilot who can handle an emergency, huh? And then I'd call Tom Hanks and say, hey, Captain Phillips, wait, that movie was a pirate movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Never mind, let's move on. What movie was Tom, uh, Sully, I'd be like, hey, Sully. Sully, Sully. Yeah. Looks so. like it's now Johnny. That's a sequel. Then I would say, let's roll. That's what I would do. I'd get on the I'd get on the intercom and say, Alright everybody, let's roll. And then I'd land it. That way I if should, you crash in a field you're paying homage. I shouldn't be laughing at that. I should not be laughing at this. But if you I land you change worse than anything I've ever said. That is so much worse than me saying gay. But then if I successfully land it, we have changed the meaning and the connotation of that phrase. Brother CB with another good question, so he gets to ask another one. This is a question for you, John. Break down the percentages of who is to blame for the Jonathan Taylor debacle. Jim Ursay. Chris Ballard, Jonathan Taylor, or D. Other? Well, I'm not giving Jonathan Taylor really any blame. I'm giving Chris Ballard, their GM, I mean, 70% of the blame. He's built a dog shit roster. For years, he's just kept putting Band-Aids over the quarterback position. He brought in known loser Carson Wentz to waste away one of Jonathan Taylor's better seasons. Then he brings in Matt Ryan's like, hey, this will fix it. Phillip Rivers, too. Phillip Rivers wasn't bad that year. Yeah, the Phillip Rivers, they they at least made the playoffs that year. They almost beat the Bills. They probably should have. There was yeah, a couple yeah. of fumbles yeah. they just couldn't jump they, on. Like they, they probably they out, should have beaten the Bills. They outplayed Buffalo. So I give Ballard a lot of blame for just building a dog shit roster because the window's closed. So now they – I mean, like, honestly, they shouldn't pay Jonathan Taylor because they aren't going anywhere. And, like, if you're not going anywhere – you definitely shouldn't pay a running back. Some would say you never pay a running back in general. I don't think it's that cut and dry, but if you're not a contender, then you definitely don't pay a running back. But then Ursay, I mean, to make it a debacle, Ursay deserves the rest of the blame. Ursay, you could even argue Ursay deserves more blame for making it a debacle. Like, Chris Ballard did a shitty job, but like Jim Ursay made it public and started tweeting about his star player. It just seems that it, it is Ursay's fault to me as someone who is not paid close attention. And I like Jim Ursay because he's he's interesting and he adds. He's funny. He's a character. He's funny. And like, I think that uh, he's a character and that adds to the, that just adds to the entertainment. But it just seems like he is also a can of gasoline. And, you know, he just adds fuel to the whatever fire is burning. Like him tweeting that, hey, sorry, running backs, you all agreed to this. Now you're being hateful and going against your word. And then also tweeting like, hey, if I die, the NFL goes on. If Jonathan Taylor dies, the NFL goes on. No big deal. Like, oh, that just made it worse. Yeah. So he probably deserves the majority of the blame, actually, if you're talking about making it a debacle. 
But Chris Ballard ruining a, a, a roster as badly as he has made it a lot harder on Jonathan Taylor to get to ju- to justify paying Jonathan Taylor. Do you think Anthony Richardson is going to be any good this year? This year, all, all three big rookies are starting. Yeah, I I know not this year. I don't know that any of them will be this year. When I've I've only watched Bryce Young and like. I just, I'm afraid Bryce Young is going to get killed. Yeah, it seems kind of crazy that all three are starting game one on the number one, number two, and number four worst teams last year. Especially, like you said, with Bryce Young, as small as he is. I guess Anthony Richardson, who they have like Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly on offensive line. Their offensive line's not very good, though. Okay, it's not? Okay. It used to be, right? But I'm not, yeah, it used to be, and then Ballard ruined it. They like I don't worry about Richardson necessarily getting hurt from like damage. Yeah. I just he's don't think that boy. I just don't think he's I don't think he'll be very good and it has nothing to do with him. It's like is he gonna be put in a position to succeed? I do think their coach is gonna be pretty smart. I mean he comes from the Eagles, so like I do think he has experience with a big mobile quarterback like Jalen Hurts. But also it took a little time to develop him. So I I'm not riding off Richardson. Bryce Young, though, I mean, like, he's playing on a team that's trying to win. Like, the Panthers are trying to win the division this year. You can't really say the same about the Texans or the Colts, but Bryce Young, if he can elevate that team, then I think it makes sense to play him for that reason. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I like D'Amico Ryans a lot. I mean, he I did, too, as a defensive coordinator with he seems a lot cool. of talent. He just seems cool. I don't know who the – oh, Frank Reich is the coach of the Panthers, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Shane Steichen is the coach in, with Indianapolis. That's right. Yeah, I have no idea. I just every time I've seen Bryce Young, it just—I don't know. I guess I'm just afraid he's going to get killed. He's a little guy, and he's been running around for his life back there. Next question, please. Brother Shirley asks. Outside of actual games on the schedule, what is the most exciting thing to you that occurs that reminds you that football season is finally here? So what signifies football to me? I guess. I mean, in Knoxville, just seeing, you know, it's a steady progression of orange. Yeah. The closer you get, the more orange people wear. And then full-on game week. I mean, there is a different energy in the air. So, like, that's technically not a game, and that signifies that football's here. Yeah. yeah. Getting to see my best friend, Luke. Brother Shirley. Big Reese asks, can I get a chili check? Well, Seth's is pretty pretty mild right now. This is Virginia's bad. Again, Reese, I am 10 out of 10, but only for... Seeing how Josh Heupel brings these boys out of the tunnel. Can they take care of business in the first 15 minutes and be, you know, kind of foot on throat of Virginia right out of the gate and be at least winning by seven points? That's what's important to me. My chili's hot for the first quarter. Can't come out slow. He came out slow against Pittsburgh. I know that Pittsburgh's better than Virginia, which means we better come out even better. Make a statement. Hey, these boys are ready. It's year three. Josh Heupel's fired up. Joe Milton, year three. He's fired up. Oh, my God. Look at all these shiny toys Joe Milton has. He didn't have this at Michigan. Hey, Vilas Jones is cool, but he can't do this. Chili's hot to see how the boys play in the first quarter. My man, Big Orange Rhino, asks, you get to pick one player from the national championship team to put on this current roster. Who do you pick? I mean, it has to be a defensive back, right? Ah, said Dion Grant. Yeah, I mean, it has to be a defensive imagine, back. Imagine a safety back there that could just ball and stunt on these other teams. I mean, much like Tank will. Some are saying Tank is the new Dion. Tank, uh, t- is Tank some is is Tank the pick to click for some people? I haven't gone through and looked at the pick to click. I just looked at the record predictions that people had made in the Discord. Yeah, I looked at yours. 
Yeah. And yours kind of made me mad. Why? You didn't I seem to really believe two. in it. Yeah, you picked 10 and 2. Yeah, I said 10 and 2, another step in the right direction before Nico leads Tennessee to multiple playoff appearances. That is not that is not down bad. That that doesn't I know but it doesn't get me excited. Well, I'm excited to go 10 and 2 with multiple playoff appearances. I picked Arian Carter as my defensive pick to click cuz I think he's going to be awesome. So you don't uh, want more. 10 is what you want. 10 is what you want. I want more. I just think going but 10, 10 and makes 2 makes you happy. I think going 10 and 2 is another amazing step in the right direction. 10 and 2, back-to-back 10 win yeah, seasons but you had with us different losing quarterbacks to Kentucky and A&M. No, I picked Georgia and Alabama. I know. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I, was, I might have I might have misclicked in the Excel no, spreadsheet. No, no, you didn't. You, you, you picked us to have no signature wins this year. A very boring 10 and 2. Yeah, I know. I did I did feel bad about that. That would be a disappointment for me. I mean, I wouldn't be mad, of course, but like I would feel so unsatisfied. 10 and 2 this year. This is going to sound stupid, but feels like eight and four in 2016. Maybe that's a little too far, but maybe eight and four in 2015. It's cool. She didn't beat anybody. No, I don't disagree that 10 and 2 is a little boring. Which credit to Josh for getting us here, but you know. I do think, I do think, like it's not very hard to see us beating Alabama and Tuscaloosa. It's really not for me. I have severe doubts about whether a team can really play just straight-up bully ball in 2023 and you can win the SEC doing that. Georgia doesn't do that. Georgia doesn't do that anymore. Georgia, that Georgia had, had a pretty explosive offense last yeah, year. Georgia had Stetson Bennett running around like a wild man just slinging it. You know, I mean, I, I just have doubts about whether or not that's feasible Um you know, I don't know. Maybe it is. I see that Alabama has a really good offensive line. Okay. I just, I don't know that. The offense are too good, I think, yes. now to, to I, do that against good yes. teams. Yes, because, like, Alabama's going to have a pretty good defense. Okay, is it going to be good enough to stop teams like Tennessee and Georgia? I don't know. I am selling Alabama stock. It's tanking. Like, but actually, it's not tanking because I've seen every like every game day guys picking. Right? Yeah, yeah. Every well, two game ga- two game day guys did, and then uh, that nerd Josh Pate did. So Josh like Pate three did. of the four people I've seen, I think I think Jesse Simonton did two on on three that I saw. I think David Ubbin picked might have picked LSU. David Ubbin okay. picked LSU to win the West. I know. Well, I'll pick. I'll, I respect that more. But like Al, everyone's picking Alabama, and I think they're just picking Alabama because they think that the boogeyman's coming. I think. They, I think they're just buying Saban they and a revenge yep. factor, and like, hey, the blue chip percentage and all that. But like, bro, when Nick Saban was dominating football, he had Lane Kiffin and Kirby Smart, or Brian DeBowl and Kirby Smart. Like, you know, some of the best minds in all of football. This year, he doesn't have that, and he's also old. Like, there's no way he's as good now as he was 10 years ago. Well, he also just, sometimes you just miss on guys. And for all the stuff that, like, they have the highest blue chip percentage of any team, okay, but they, it appears, it appears that they missed on quarterback. Yeah, I was going to say, like, one of those blue chippers is Ty Simpson, and, like, he doesn't seem like he's going to be a factor on this team. Or Jalen Milrow. Like, they just missed. Like, Jalen Milrow was really highly rated, too. They just missed. And on top of that, like... Okay, I wanted to look this up. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. Like, they Let's look up what Ja'Cory Brooks was. Okay, that's what I thought. Ja'Cory Brooks, they missed on him, okay? He was the number two overall wide receiver in the country. He was the number 27 overall player in the nation. He was a five-star. They just, like, maybe he's going to have this amazing junior season. But so far, it's they thought they were getting another, as you like to say, alien, and he hadn't been. You know, I mean, they've just kind of missed on some dudes. So you can stack all these blue chippers all up and down the roster, but when you miss on, like, really key positions, well, it doesn't really matter what the... I mean, it does matter what the rest of the roster looks like. And maybe Saban does turn it around. I just have a hard time seeing it. I'm tired of seeing that stat about how they're the... Like, they're the, the, the most, most talented team. team of all time. Yeah, I hate not. seeing that. Ari Wasserman 
has talked about it. And it's like, dude, it just, it doesn't matter. We have ascended to a different plane of reality to where that matters. Like, yes, recruiting matters still, but like that particular stat doesn't matter because if you don't have somebody that can sling it, it's it's not it's not 2007, 2008 and I, anymore. And I would also say that at this during this time, this timeline of 2023, recruiting rankings matter less now than they ever have before just because the 2020, portal. 2021 like COVID classes, those just aren't those aren't accurate. Like when you look at how people got evaluated around that time for like drafts and high school stuff, like nobody was watching. It's so like the blue chip percentage doesn't matter as much Plus right now than, than it has ever before, I would imagine. Yeah. I think that I like because I think now you can you can finish like in the that eight ish to ten ish range in recruiting and be fine because of the and you can still like because of the portal. Like you can go and get dudes in the portal. It's it's such a great leveling. Like it's you know, it's such a great equalizing factor. I'm just tired of seeing that stat about how the most talented. That's another thing that's bothered me, that in Florida State. Like, if Alabama went out and got a big-time quarterback in the portal, okay. Like, they tried. They tried to get yeah. Drake May. They couldn't And Mac Brown, could. Mac Brown, Mac Brown wouldn't man up and name names. Mac Brown just wanted to complain about it, but he wouldn't name names. That's another thing. These All these coaches want to complain about the portal, but they never put it on the table and name names. When you're as old as Mac Brown, you're supposed to not care anymore. You're what do you care? What do you have Everyone to lose? Everyone knew it was Alabama and Georgia. Name names. Put it on the table. You have your ring, Mac. You have your ring. What does it matter? It's not like he's positioning I, for another job. Yeah, I'm so tired of these coaches complaining, but they will never go out. They'll just complain nonstop about how all the, about how their guys are getting recruited. They're having to recruit their guys. They're having to recruit their guys. Tampering, tampering, tampering. Then name names. But you won't name names because you're doing the exact same thing. So shut up. Shut up. You're getting paid $9 million a year. Do I think that the recruiting calendar needs to be reworked? Yes, I do. But shut up. You're making $9 million a year or whatever. Name names. Name names or just shut up. It's... I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I just want to go on record as saying I would not lock in 10-2 and two with losses to Alabama and Georgia. And I would be disappointed. I would not be disappointed with 10-2. and two. Well, I would not be moved. That's fair. Disappointed is not the right word. I would not be moved. Would you lock in nine and three if it meant we went to the final four in basketball? Who was the third loss to? Doesn't matter. I don't know. I'm not gonna tell you. But you don't get to be like, oh, people got hurt. You just lose. For a final four. For a final four. For Zakai and Santi get in the final four, yeah. For a final yeah. four. Yeah. So, see imagine how happy seeing Zakai Ziegler, how happy. Seeing Santi. Seeing Rick and Josiah hugging. I don't even like Josiah James. But seeing them hug, they love each other a lot. Or they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. What about eight and four? No, no, no. Gross. Yuck. No. No, football is still king. Give me a break. I still have to watch Rick Barnes' offense. So, no. What about I'm not taking eight, eight and four. What about eight and four? It's because Joe gets hurt and Nico looks good and Dalton Connect is like the best score we've had here in like 15 years. You're saying the offense is watchable? I'm saying that Dalton Connect is like tall Chris Lofton. He's white <laughs> Chris Lofton and everybody we play gets so mad at him. <laughs> that would be funny. Sign me up. Sign me up. Sign me up. If Nico's going to look like a baller, yeah, let's roll. Like, it would be cool to just see Nico just, like, absolutely just roll in the Tuscaloosa and just. We lose, but he drops 40. Yeah, just ball and stun on these dudes. And then just everyone getting mad. Do you remember the first time Marshall Henderson showed up in TBA? Yeah. Oh, it was incredible. Not that Dalton Connect has that level, has that level of energy, but man, just imagine people getting mad at him. Just a big, tall, white shooter just dropping threes. 
Any other questions? No, that's it. Love you. I'll talk to you next week. We're going to aim for Tuesdays this this season. We're going to try to do all these on Tuesdays. Tomorrow on Twitter slash X, approximately around 9 p.m., I'm going to uh, try to fire up a Twitter spaces. We're going to try to do that during the season as well. So there's your breakdown. Patreon.com slash Reads Ranch. Excited to see you in Gainesville. I'm yes. counting down the days, my brother. I love you too. I'll talk to right. you later. See you, bye.